Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to tell you all, could you take your phone off mute? And I need you to make sure you, you can hear me. Something, somebody says hello or hallelujah or anything so I can hear you. Hallelujah. 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 Come a little louder. I want to make sure my phone's working. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to have a good time tonight. Amen. And we're going to do a little exercise tonight. So I want every now and then, don't don't just sit in one spot. We're going to have a good time tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the Holy Ghost and fire. God, hide us all tonight behind the, the cross that we might not know you and only you, that we see you and only you. Be only you want us to be in the illustrious, magical name of Jesus Christ, the superstar. Amen. Turn your Bibles, amen, to the book of Acts 9. The book of Acts 9. Amen. 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 The book of Acts number nine. Amen. I was studying this week and um um I ended up in the book of Acts. And Paul, the apostle, he was one of the bad guys. It, and he, it, initially, he was so uh, mean and evil that people would run from him because he had a, repu- a reputation of killing um, uh, Christians, especially. Um, and so, if uh, then at one point he decided he wanted to go to the game to get a decree. Um, but Paul, again, was a, he was a bad guy in the beginning. He was called Saul. And any time you see a name change in the Bible, if the same person has a different uh, name, it represents that you are changed your character. That's why when they would bring the children out of um, uh, to Babylon, they would change their name, and that meant they represented their changing their God. So anytime you see that throughout the Bible, that's what it is. It's a representation that I have now changed you because if I conquered you, I've conquered your God. Amen. And so this is what happened while Paul uh, was now named Paul, but before his name was Saul. Amen. Paul was one of the most profound teachers of the gospel. In the end, but when Paul was a, a bad boy, Paul was a bad boy. Amen. He was well uh, learned. He was well schooled. Um, his teacher, he was one of the greatest teachers of uh, of that time. And he studied under this man called Gamaliel, which was, he was a man that actually knew the law uh, in and out. Amen. And because of that, he knew how he could prosecute um, the Christians. So, 
Um, he hated the Christians. He hated them. Um, and he, at this one point, he said, um, he just want to kill everybody that's a Christian, whether they're woman, man, or child. So that lets you know his character, um, that he was determined to do what he wanted to do, like the enemy sometimes. They are determined to destroy you. They are determined to take you out. They are determined to do whatever they have to do because they have determined themselves that they're going to destroy you at all costs. Uh, it is amazing that even as Christian believers, we have to become determined to do the things of God. We must be determined to fast, determined to pray, determined to seek the faith, determined to to, to treat people right. That we need that same determination that the enemy does. Um, as I said the other the other week, um, somehow the, the enemy never takes a vacation. Um, we take a vacation. Uh, we take time off. We put our feet back and relax. But the enemy never, never, never uh, takes a vacation. So we have to be watchful and prayerful. Um, even everything, the words that come out of our mouth, um, because they don't take they don't take time off, and they'll sit and listen to what you say and listen to what you do and listen tell about where you've been because determined is to take you out and destroy your reputa- reputation. Amen. All righty. Um, all right. Again, book Acts number nine. All righty. Now, tonight, I'm going to use the, um, I have the life application. Let's get the, uh, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. Again, we're starting at Acts 9. Verse 1, King's uh, James Version, but you can read whatever you've got. Okay. Okay. It says this, 9 and 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went into the high priest. Amen. So here Paul, here he was not Paul yet, he was Saul. He was the one that was killing everybody, that was determined to destroy everybody um, uh, for his cause. So Saul, remember now, this is not Paul, but this is Saul. So he's not, not yet have a relationship with Christ. It says, and Saul, yet breathing, Breathing, yet breathing. Sometimes we have to say to ourselves, even in the midst of our storms, we have to yet be breathing. Yes, yet be determined, yet determined to know who God is. But, and Bible says, and, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Okay. He went into a high priest. Okay. So you had to go and get permission at this time, um, from the leaders uh, of that particular uh, area. It says, number two, and 
he desired of him a letter of Damascus to the synagogues of, of it, and they found any of them on their way that they were men and women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. So here Paul had was requesting a letter uh, when they found the, the Christians they, that they could bound them or get them and take them um, to Damascus. Okay. Hallelujah. Verse 3. And as he journeyed, this is Paul now, and, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. That was the area that he was going to. So he said, and he went to Damascus. Amen. And suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. Amen. So God had um, let Paul um, but go so far. He let Saul allow Paul to persecute uh, the Christians. He allowed Paul um, to threaten them and kill them and try to destroy them. And uh, so here Paul, Saul was going about doing his job, and he wasn't by himself, but um, all of a sudden he was going down the Damascus Road, and there the Bible says, and suddenly um, there was a, a light that shined about. There's a light that was shining about. Even as believers, um, before we came to Christ, uh, we was walking in places we weren't supposed to. We weren't doing things we weren't supposed to. But here, Paul was beginning to experience the presence of God. That light represented the light of Christ. That light represented a new uh, way of thinking. That light was a, a way of knowing that I... I'm no longer be the same again. Some of us um, uh, call the name of Jesus, but we constantly, um, uh, sometimes we'll be with uh, certain people and we'll we'll say little things and do little things, and then we go around the believers and we have a different way of life or a different walk, a different talk, a different attitude. But God wants us to be consistently the same way. And here Paul had not experienced Christ. He had not experienced uh, having a relationship, but God is now giving him a divine um, uh, uh, visitation. Um, Paul had, didn't know what was going on. That's why he said, and suddenly. Some of us have them, I don't know about you, but I've had some of those suddenly days. And that suddenly days know that I had a decision whether I'm going to say right, do something right, or do something wrong. Um, because the enemy will play tricks with your mind, your spirit, your attitude, your thoughts. But we realize that when we come to those suddenly moments, we have to recognize who have called us, who have anointed us, who have appointed us, and knows who we are. Uh, even though nobody's around us physically, but somewhere around us, uh, somebody knows knows that when we represent Christ, we ought to be a new creature. We ought to be a new 
creation. We ought not be the same um, because we don't know who's around us, not only because that, but because our life is supposed to be represented in a different way, a different light, and a different character. Um, and so it says this, and as he journeyed, so Paul's moving around, and he came near Damascus, that was the city or the area, and suddenly there shone round about him a light from heaven. Now imagine here is Paul, um, didn't believe in Jesus. Um, um, he didn't believe in anything other than um, his Jewish way, okay? The difference between them and the Jesus, okay, the Jews, um, they believed um, in the Christ, but he, they believed in, in a Christ, but not the Christ. So that's why when Jesus was walking on the earth, they were constantly at battle with him because they didn't believe or recognize here was the true God. And here Paul had a relationship with Christ, Paul, uh, um, with, with, with a God, but not the God. And so he was allowed to destroy them. He had a bad, like I say, rep- uh, uh, he had an thing where people was afraid of him. But now this same God um, allowed a light to shine around him. Uh, it's a light uh, that represented Christ, the light, Elohim, that spoke the universe into existence, the light. Um, and uh, he didn't realize what was going on, but he knew, he said suddenly, so that means he knew something, something happened. It says suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. So he is recognizing that is a light that's coming from heaven. Isn't that amazing? He didn't recognize, sorry, he was trying to kill everybody, but all of a sudden he said, he said that he saw a light coming from heaven. So even the enemy recognized that there is a God. They just don't want to serve God um, and stuff like this. And verse 4 says, And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Well, the first thing was, um, um, Paul changed his position. Um, he is no longer standing up. He is down on the ground. Okay. So now he's, so he's, he's understanding that God is touching him. God is recognizing him. Um, um, and that's why he said that. He said, and I heard a voice. Okay. He heard a voice. So there was a audible voice to to Saul. He was still Saul now. He was not changed yet. But he himself realized there was a voice that says, from heaven. Okay? So the outer man um, uh, recognized that something was happening in his spirit. The inner man now is now recognizing that there was something different before him um, uh, coming from 
heaven, okay? So all the teachings that Paul had, all the education that he all had, all the things that he learned in, in his Jewish nature, um, but all that had come to pass, they were taught by Gamaliel, the only, one of the teachers, but he realized now that this was the living God. This was Elohim. He has come down from heaven to talk just to me. And we have to realize that there are times in our life that we don't think that God's there, but God comes down and spiritually um, communicates with me. Okay. Verse 5 says this, And he said, Who art thou? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. So he recognized that he was God. Saul now recognizes he was God. And he said to the Lord, the Lord said to him, I am Jesus. So he's letting him know, I'm not Buddha, I'm not Allah, I'm not anybody else. I am Jesus, the creator in heaven and earth. He said, whom thou persecutes. So, Paul, I want to know why you persecuted my people. Why are you threatening my people? Why are you killing my people? Why are you trying to do everything to my people? Why are you doing this, Paul? Okay? That's why he said, whom thou persecutes. And it, he said, and then God said to him, if it is hard for thee to kick against the prick. It is so hard. It is so hard, Saul. Why are you trying to come against me? I'm God. Why are you persecuting my people? I'm God. Why do you hate me? Why are you going to synagogue and try to destroy my people? And now you're deciding that you want to go and get a letter so that I can just kill everybody free and clear, no consequences. Why are you coming against me? And sometimes we need to let the saints, the, the, the sinners know, why are you fighting against me? God, God brought you into this earth. God created you. God made a way for you. Uh, why are you fighting against the one who loves you? You, you are fighting against the one that loves you. Why are you persecuting? That's why he said, and it is hard for thee all to know why she fight against the prick. Verse 6 says, and he, he trembled and was astonished. So now Paul is on his face, and he was surprised that this voice from heaven come down and talk to him. I mean, he heard of Jesus, but now he is experiencing the love of God. He is experiencing something new in his life. He only heard of this Jesus, and he, but he didn't know just Jesus, but the anointing, the, the love factor, the overflowing love, love of him made him instantly change. While he was doing that, his heart was changing. 
spiritual heart was changing. His mind towards killing um, uh, the, 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 the people uh, of God was changing. That that love was just overflowing. And that the love of God in him, he was experiencing that love that he had never experienced before. Just like once we give our lives to Christ, the love of God in us that overflows us, our life changes, our spirit man changes, what we say, what we do changes, what we believe changes because we are no longer the old man, but now we are a new man. And this Paul was now experiencing an abundance of love and an abundance of happiness uh, and stuff. Verse 6 again says, and, and he trembled. Here Paul's nervous and trembling and, 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 and feeling many emotions, spiritually and emotionally. He said, and Paul was astonished and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And I got, here is a person who was killing folks um, and had the power to do so um, because he got a permit to do it. But the same man that was threatening to kill everybody, destroy our baby, everybody had a, he had a ter- terrible um, um, a reputa- a reputation, but he suddenly there, God changed his life. And that's what happens when God really comes in. Uh, not when he just someone knock on the door, but when God really comes and changes in your life, then the whole man changes, the character changes, your, your mindset changes, your words changes, your attitudes changes. Because when you change, it is not your change, but it is the Christ that changes in us. Amen. All right. Let's read um, read, uh, six again. And he trembled all with astonishment. And he said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? So we have to say to ourselves, so God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me? How do you want me to change? God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. Um, and he said, uh, he said unto him, arise and go to the city and it shall be told to thee what thou must do. In other words, I said he was on the ground and now God told him to get up. He's changing his position. So when we change our lives in Christ, we get up and we're no longer the same. We are changing our position. We are accepting the authority of God that our life now is changed. You never, you don't say anywhere in the scripture where you says Paul is fighting with God and saying, "Oh no, God, I don't know who you are. I'm, I'm a man like you, you who you are, and and I, I'm gonna do what you, I'm not gonna do what you say because and these these Jews and these people they don't get on my nerve. No, Paul is not arguing with God. Who are we to argue with God? 
I think Psalms 80 says, what is man? That thou art mindful of him. And we have to realize that we're, we're, we're dirt. We're, we're, when we're born, we're just born, uh, with particles of, of DNA, uh, some part of it's copper, some of it's, I mean, all things. We, we are made in the image of God. Hallelujah. And when God comes in our life, we have to be able to say, Lord, I change. Now, what do you want me to do? What do you, not, not what I want to do or what I think I should do or what am I called to do or, 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 uh, we have to say, God, now I've changed my life. What do you want me to do? Sometimes we have to think about it. Are you really doing what God told you to do? Are you doing what you want to do or what you like to do? Or is it what you, what God want, wants you to do? Okay. And there's a, there's a difference. And here Paul, uh, Saul rather at this point, he's still Saul. He asked God, he said, God, what do you want me to do? And think about it to yourself. When's have I asked, what's the last time I've asked God, God, what do you want me to do? Okay. Just think about it. When's the last time you just said to yourself, God, tell me what you want me to do? I, I, I know you, I know what I want. I know what my desires are. But God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Again, read um, six again. And he said, trembling, astonishing, he said to the Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise, to get up and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So you get up and you go. Go to the city, and when you get that place, I'll tell you what to do. Now, God could have easily said, well, get up and go here and do this and that, 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 that. But God sometimes is teaching us if we learn how to follow instructions. Sometimes we don't know how to follow instructions. But when we when we follow instructions, that everything lines up. That's how you know when it's God. When he tells you instruction, and then you get to a point you say, okay, I, I've done what he told me to do, but it ain't seem like this is it. So well, let me go ahead and make a left turn instead of going right. Um, and then we don't realize sometimes we are, we're not, um, we're not following the GPS. Our GPS system in our hearts. Okay. We have a G, we have a built in GPS in our spirit man. And when we don't follow the GPS of God, that's how we we get off track. That's when we make bigger mistakes. That's how when we get in situations and we it's so hard to get out of because we have not followed his instructions. But here Saul is following his instructions. And he told him, arise, 
So he arose. He got up. From It says he, he got up from the earth. Verse, verse 8. And Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So now, Paul experienced this relate, this, this, this love and this, this change of heart. But in the processes of this situation, he was now blinded. He was spiritually blinded. He wasn't, uh, uh, he was physically blinded. He could not see. But he could see spiritually from God that there was a change in his life. He didn't, he wasn't complaining, Lord, why you let my, why can't you see no more? I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't know why you did this to me. I'm sick, God, and I don't know. And then, no, 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 no. It tells you that he got up. He arose, okay, from the earth, verse 8. And when his eyes were open, he saw no man. He didn't see nobody. But they led him by the hand. Now, this man was mean and nasty, controlling and arrogantly, but now he could not even physically see, and he had to be led around those people that probably he was mean to. It says, and they brought him into Damascus. So they, now they put, took him into Damascus. See, it, it, originally he says he was, he's, he was on his way to Damascus. So now they brought him into Damascus. That's verse 8. And verse 9 says, and he was, he was there three days without his sight. So for three days, Paul couldn't see. Can you imagine your whole life to do for yourself, cook, clean, watch, do what you want to do, had great power, great authority, knew, knew the letter of the law, taught by great masters of the, of the faith, and all of a sudden this man is, is like a baby, he couldn't do anything for himself. Uh, uh, I mean, that's like a shock treatment to the body. It's almost like you wake up in the morning and you can walk around and talk and walk, and all of a sudden you wake up in the evening and you can't move your finger, you can't talk, you can't walk, and you don't understand, you're, you're confused. Well, here Paul was in this kind of state that they had to lead him into Damascus. Verse 9, and he was there for three days without sight, and near, and so he didn't eat or he didn't drink. And verse 10 says this, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, he said, the Lord saw him and told him in a vision of Ananias. And he said, 
Behold, I am here, Lord. Verse 11 says this, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into. Amen. The street which was called straight. Isn't that amazing? The street was named straight. Okay? Paul did messed up. He couldn't see, couldn't think. But then he gave him instructions to go to the city and go to the street. Give him the street name to go to. Go to the street, which was called straight. Amen. My God, my God. Uh, in my little notes, it says, and if this street ran from the east and to the west, uh, it was an oriental city, which would be in um, an area um, where, where near Corinthian. Amen. So he told him what to do. So he went to the street, which was called straight, and inquired unto the house. So he went to the house. It says, of Judah, Judas. And one called Saul of Tarshish. That's here. So he's still now his Saul of Tarshish. For behold, he prayed. So he was praying when they got there. Verse 12 says this, and he hath seen in a vision. God is saying, showed him in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. So God had given him a preordained message that he was going to come there and he was going to give him his sight again, that he had lost. Verse 13 says this, And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man and how much evil that he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. So he had a reputation. And so he was saying, God, uh, I heard of this one, and he might kill me. He might be. He's, he didn't kill so many people. He's been destroyed so many people's lives. He's hurt so many people's lives. Uh, he said, I- I'm afraid. However much evil he has done um, by that saint in Jerusalem. Amen. 14 says this, And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind that called by thy name. So he knew that the authority had, he knew people were out to come and get him and destroy him. But see, but the, Ananias didn't realize that God had worked, had worked on um, Saul. He didn't realize um, that he was in the process of change. Verse 14 says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel. That's what happens when we change our lives. We now, we become chosen people, chosen by God, chosen, chosen. He doesn't understand, he said, but he have chosen us. Okay. We are a chosen generation, runs reference to that. And the book, I think it's First Peter, 
um, and stuff. So he says, um, he says, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. So God said, now I got him now. He is mine now. Don't worry about that. He's chosen to bear my name. So once we change our lives, we now are called ourselves Christ-like. So God now is changing him. God's working on him. And the Gentiles. This is my name before the Gentiles. The kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16 says this, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So now, because as much bad and evil, when God has changed his heart, God let him know that he's going to go through great suffering. He's going to go through great trials. You're going to go through uh, people not even going to believe that he's changing. He, he, because he was radical. And I believe that some of us on the line are radical. Uh, and, and when, when God changes our life, we have to be, not be walking timid now and walking as if we have no power, talking as we have no knowledge of him. Okay. And because of our changing our lives, we're going to go through something. And Paul, if God now has changed him, he's going to suffer. And just as we do today, because once we have the Savior recognize Christ, we're the king of glory, that we are going to go through suffering because the enemy is out to stop us, block us, hinder us, destroy us any way he can. And he will use anything or anybody or any situation because he doesn't want you to become one of his chosen vessels. Again, 16 says this, For I will show him how great things he must suffer. So if Paul has to suffer, certainly we must suffer. Okay. This is a, a man that wrote whole bunch in the New Testament of suffering. And so if it worked for Paul, we are going to suffer some things in trial that he must suffer for my name's sake. So when you uh, take on the name of Jesus, you will suffer for his name's sake with Jesus Christ. Verse 17 says this, Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, that's the last time he called him, he says, Brother Saul, he said, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in thy way thou hast sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit. So at this point, Mr. 
Saul. You are no longer Saul, but you are now Paul. You are not Saul the killer. Saul the, the, the I mean, just, just do anything, say anything, kill folks, have no mercy. But now you are changed. He has changed your your sight physically. You were blind, but now you can see. Um, your whole nature was changed. How? Because now at this point in the book of Acts, it said, you are now filled with the Holy Ghost. So now, when you are truly filled with the Holy Ghost, you cannot continue to do the things you're supposed to, you've been doing. Why? Because of the change in your life. Not just a physical change of not seeing and now I see, but your spiritual change, which is far greater um, and stuff. There's more power in the spirit realm than there is a natural realm, okay? Because I cannot just see what's right in front of me, but I can see the spiritual things of God. And that's not just for me, but my friends, my family, my people around me, the calling of my life, that everything, every option is open for God to deal with. Why? Because now this one was this man an evil man, and everybody was afraid of Now God has now changed him and letting him know that he will go through things. We will go through great sufferings. Why? Because we have the nerve to say we now are named the name of Jesus. And then he says, and immediately. Immediately. 18 says this. And immediately there fell from his eye, as it had been scaled, and he received his sight forthright, and arose and was baptized. Immediately. Scales, almost like scales. You know, when you take the scales and you're cleaning a fish and you see how the scales coming off, it just, it just peel off. Easy, easy, easy. And then once you know you've done spill all, all the scales off the fish and then you clean it really good and then you go cook it and fry it up. So here, these eyes, this this eye, uh, his spiritual eyes as well as his physical eyes now, uh, change his mindset that he is no longer the same. When you have, you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're no longer the same. You are now walking in the newness of life. Baptized. Baptized. It doesn't mention anything about water here. It just says that he received his sight forthwith and arose. He got up and was baptized. And when he had received meat, when he began to eat, he was strengthened, and then um, he was so certain days with and disciples 
which was there with him in Damascus. Okay. When Paul changed his name, he was no longer Saul, but he was Paul. And that word Paul, that name represents the word actually little one. Um, uh, some scriptures I, I found, yet yeah, you know that it was talking about his, his size, his physical size. So he probably was a very little, sh- short little man. Um, and, uh, but his character is was big in God. And the strangest thing that once Paul changed, they couldn't believe he had changed. Uh, where he might have been mean and nasty and cantankerous. Paul had changed. They they couldn't believe that he was so different. And I don't understand because it looked like that the Jews was would have, would have been happy because um, that Paul had changed. Um, but they didn't understand that the love of God brings about a great change. The love of God, the love of God will make you, where you're miserable all the time, you could just be happy all the time, just, just, just for no reason at all, just because your soul, your spirit is, man, is different now, where there was hangriness, now you're happy, Um when you, and you, you just feel like you just fall in love, it's like falling in love over and over again. You know, it's like when you're a teenager and you have, you just find a little boy and you just love him. You just think he's the greatest thing in the world and it's like he could do no wrong because you're just so in love with that that person. But just magnify that with the word of God so that when you love God, when you just, you just downright love him and just, just get over, just be happy. You could just get in your Bible and dig all day long. You could just go out on the street and just be happy and just talk to people and talk about the Jesus because what your inside man, that your inner man now is overflowing with the love of God. Your overflow, your man, there's an overflow in you that was never before. There's an overflow that's a filling of God that came from the essence of God. That inner man now is no longer what it used to be, but there's a new man. You're a new creature. You're a different person inside as well as as outside. And this Paul that was mean and nasty and he such a bad had a bad reputation. But when the light of God shone around him and fell down on his face and he recognized that he was God and he listened to the instruction of God and he went where God told him to do and that's why you have to go when he told you to go stop and tell you to stop, and when you don't know what to do, you shut up and stand still and wait on for the manifestation of him, and you might not be a a manifestation that you might see, but all of a sudden, the door opens, uh, uh, all of a sudden, something happens that let you know that this God, so you cannot always go by your feelings, you cannot go by what you do, what what you're doing today, because great exploits come out of great suffering. We have to listen to the voice of God. And when Paul had changed his life and went back to the synagogue, they couldn't believe that he was the same man. Why? Because of relationship. And I'm going to beat that one because you have to understand, it is not about outward appearances. 
but it's about the godly appearances. Okay. It is about not the inner, it's not the outer man, how you look. That's just the icing on the cake. But the inner man is the most important thing for God. And here was Paul that was mean and wanting to kill everybody and destroy everybody and hated all the Jews. He hated everybody. Maybe hated himself. I don't know. But all I know that he was part of the things of, of the, the people that taught him. It was called, his name was Gamaliel. He taught the principles uh, and the uh, Jewish traditions, and he believed them, and he decided that everything else was wrong, but only what he thought was right. And God allowed it for so long, and God came down and had an experience um, and talked to Paul. And he baptized him. And he gave him instructions. And when we know that God has given us instructions, we have to do those instructions. Why? Because people are waiting for your instructions. God has always made a way for you. Because God told you to do something, you do what he do and stand there and wait for further instructions. Because the Bible says this, that those that are led by the Spirit of God, he says those are the sons of God. But we don't be moved, but we don't, we don't wait for his instruction. Then when we mess up, that's when we get, go through things and lives forever. Why? Because we have not listened to the voice of God. We move by our feelings and not by the feelings to move the words of God. But Paul experienced the love and the overflowing of God. So he just changed. And I don't understand. It looks like the, the people of God would have accepted him, the new person, but because he had done so much, he was so, he turned his whole uh, life around 360 degrees. It may have been mean and nasty, but all of a sudden, that same one turn around was loving and kind um, towards the people of God. Because they couldn't realize. They didn't understand. And I don't understand. This is, this is a believer now. But even they didn't even want to recognize that this is the same man. Lord, you sure you want me to lay hands on him? You sure you want me to do this? This one here trying to kill everybody. But thank God, Ananias heeded to the voice of God. Because Ananias had not done that. Paul would have never been uh, been sealed with the Holy Ghost. And every other book around it that you've written past, past that, you would have powerful words throughout those other scriptures from Paul about how to live, how not to live, what to do, what not to do. Um, um, don't, 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 uh, you know, do evil things and manipulative things and controlling things, and, and, and then even some scriptures let us know how uh, we cannot be easily um, shaken um, because all these came through the writings of Paul. And that's the thing is once you give your life to Christ, you have to realize sometimes we become 
a marked man. We become marked people because the enemy doesn't want you to get out the word of God. The enemy might don't want you to be nice to people. The enemy don't want you to be to be blessed. The enemy will do everything that have that that's humanly possible to stop you, block you, and destroy your mindset, to destroy how people treat you. He will try to do everything because the last thing he wants you to do is die and to go into the kingdom of God one day. Because we are marked for the enemy to take us out. That's how when you leave, you never leave your house without praying. You don't leave before you turn on your car engine. You don't leave. You don't get out and, and pray and go places that Lord protect me. We have to say, we always have to be in the mindset of Christ. That God lead me. Teach me. Watch me. Hold me. Because I just want to be in the image of God. And this Paul that was so treacherous, mean-spirited, arrogant, killing people, killing children. Actually, it says he was killing children. Uh, wives, uh, men, women, he didn't care. He just wanted to destroy. But when the love of God got a hold of him, when the love of God changed his mindset towards people, when the love of God got in him so deeply and so profoundly that he, there was a change in her life. And that's what God wants us to have, that when we get the love of God in us so profoundly, that we will never, ever, ever be the same again like Paul. And Paul ran for his life. And that's what we got to do as believers, that one once, once our lives have changed, no matter what the obstacles are, we must run for our lives. Run for our lives in prayer. Run for our lives in fasting. Run for our lives in our word, in the depth of our word. Run, 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 and don't look back. Don't look back. Don't think back. And and if it's not in the Word, if it's not in the Bible, don't do it. Okay? If it's in the Bible, you do it. Because no, nobody, nothing's promised. Okay? Nothing's tomorrow is promised. But this day, this hour, this second, like Paul, when our hearts and our minds are changed towards God, and he promised him, he let him know that he's going to suffer. He lets us know that when we have made up our mind that we're going to live for the Lord, we are going to suffer. It's just part of the DNA of God that we're going to suffer. Our children are going to go through, and one of one of the reasons we will go through is because we have our children and we pray for them. We love them. We want them uh, to come to him. And the, the mark now is I don't want uh, the enemy saying, I don't want my, your children to, 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 to be saved. So there's a war. There's a war. Paul says there's a warring in our members. The, our members are saying we want our children saved and I'll fill with the Holy Ghost. We want our children Save and fill with the Holy Ghost. We want our friends and family members filled with the Holy Ghost and change. Okay, so there's a war. There's always going to be a war. And you got, uh, it, it's all there. There's going to be a constant 
spiritual battle to the day we leave this body and that we're separated. One thing goes into ground, but the spirit man, there is a constant battle. And it is our job. It is our job to believers to lead other people to Christ. It's our job to to do what God you called you to do, not what I do, what anybody else do. We have to find our our destiny, our destination, and take that GPS, God's GPS, to be led by Him and Him alone. And that requires a relationship. You cannot relate, have a relationship with Christ if you have not set yourself uh, uh, with, the, with God's mind uh, and his GPS to go where he, you want to go, do what you want to do, say what you want to say. And you have to be wrapped up, tied up in the DNA of Christ, just like Paul. Paul, even on that night, if Paul had the opportunity to not listen to God, probably thousands of people would have never received the Christ. But he gave him an opportunity. And he said, Lord, okay. So he's acknowledging, one, I'm, I might be physically blind now, God, but I know you're here. God. I can't even move anywhere by myself no more. But God, is it you? Is this you, God? I can't see no more, but God, is this the living God that I've been persecuting your people? And God, please forgive me. God, is this you? And I had to be led to another city. And then the people had to receive you. Because he had been so nasty that the people were afraid of him. Reputation. But Paul had made up his mind that this was the Christ. This is the anointed one. This is the God more than enough. This is the true living God that you have given me an experience with you. So now God, I'm going to walk on in the name of Jesus if I have to be led where I need to be, but I'm walking on with you. I'm holding on to somebody to lead me to your place, your place, your anointing. I don't. God, now I finally realize who you are, and I ain't going to go, let things go until you bless me. I'm not going to let things go till I experience more of your love, the fuck. The, the profound love of Christ is better than anything, better, better than a piece of bath, better than a brand new car, better than anything else. I just want to know you, uh, Paul says, and, and your resurrection power. This is the same Paul. He said, Paul, all I know is that all I want you is to know you, Christ. And your resurrection power. I met you one day on a road. But now I truly know who you are. And the only thing that matters, God, is that I know you. Not my children, you. 
husband that I know you and your Christ resurrection power. Because if I have your resurrection power, I can survive anything. If I have your resurrection power, I, I don't matter whether I live today or tomorrow. But if I got resurrection power, I know I can do anything, be anything, accomplish anything in the word of God because I have your resurrection power. And this is the same resurrection power that Paul uh, saw and met in this chapter, Acts 9. His resurrection power. And you know, when God got up, the Bible says he got up with all power. So that same all power that Paul experienced on the Damascus Road is the same power. And that's what God wants us to know tonight. That that same resurrection power. That when I got up, that I didn't have my eyesight, but I knew there was something different. I, I didn't complain. I didn't fall out on the dirt and say, oh, Lord, why you did this to me? No, Paul got up and did what God told him to. And then Paul allowed them to lead him where God wanted him to go. Some of us, sometimes people don't want to want people to lead them where they want them to go because you, you, ain't nobody perfect. Nobody is is knows everything uh, but Jesus Christ. And sometimes people don't want to be led by God. He want to do. They want to do all the leading. But sometimes we have to shut up, sit down, be quiet, and allow God to lead us into that place, to the secret place. He says in Psalms 91, a secret place of the Most High God, the secret place. And they allowed him. They took Paul to Ananias. And Ananias heard of him. But Ananias followed the instruction of God. And this Paul was one of the most profound and anointed and appointed men of God in the New Testament because he yielded and listened to the voice of God. He yielded. He knew the scriptures. He knew the Testament. He knew what the Jew, the Jewish uh, words, laws are. But when Christ came in, he took on a whole new meaning of Jesus Christ himself. The thing that he said wasn't was, but that's what it is. And he followed Christ till the day he died. And that's why what we have to do is follow Christ till the day that we die. Not in, no out, ups, downs, but follow Christ. That's why he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. And this what? Paul did till the day he died, he followed Christ till the day he died. In other words, one day, Scripture Paul, he says this. He says, I, I, I know it's, it's, a, it's a far better thing for me to stay here. I'm ready to go and be with my father, but I know at this point it's time for me to just stay here. So we must listen and heed to the voice of God. No matter what's going on in our life, and the same way 
God told Paul in this chapter and let him know, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some hard times. You're going to go through some heartbreaks. You're going to go through some heart, from heartaches. You're going to go through obstacles, the good, bad, and ugly, and sometimes even uglier. You're going to go through things, okay, but I'm there with you, and I will be with you, he says, even until the ends of the earth. So that means even after we this earth realm, God has promised us he will be with us. That is a, is a promise. And so we have to stand on the promises of God and know that whatever God did to Paul to change his whole life, it can do for us. We have to hold on to his word that our lives must spiritually change, that the, that the scales of our eyes, uh, or the scales must come fall off to see clearly now that we are no longer our own, but we are bought with the price of Jesus Christ. Just like Saul turned into Paul and wrote a third of the New Testament because he has changed his life and he's becoming into the newness of life. That the only thing that matters now is that his resurrection power and the what? Fellowship. That means I'm going to partake of his suffering in his and being in his will. Paul is no longer Paul, but Paul has changed his name to to Paul, no longer Saul. Paul has changed his mindset towards God. Paul has taught and now he's fallen in love with Jesus. So how mean and, and, and outrageous and mean and controlling and, and arrogant and nasty, the same way he's now changed. And now he's fervent for God. He's running after God. At one point, Paul got in so much trouble going to a city. They had to, he had to sneak out of the temple, out, run out of the city, and somebody had to put him in a basket and get him out of the city because they was running out to kill him. Why? Because he had become so radical. And the same way we have to be radical for God. Radical. So when people see you, they see the love, the love of God in you. When they see there's a light in you, there's something in you that I want to be something like you. They want to look in the mirror and see Christ, not see you, not your attitude, not how fat you are, how skinny you are, how attractive you are. But see, look in the mirror, the spiritual mirror of God. And do we look like him? Do we act like him? Do we talk like him? Do we walk like him? Do we pray like him? Do we fast like him? Do we treat people right? We look in the mirror and see the living God in us. And this is what Paul became. Paul 
whole image was changed by the power of the living God. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. Father, we thank you for the Holy Ghost and fire. God, we thank you that we know, that we know, that we know that scriptures here in the book of Acts 9, that Paul's characters change, change us. Paul's mindset change, change us. Paul's attitudes towards believers change us. God, teach us to be uh, 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 fervent and run after you. God, change us in a way that we know that people can see that my life is changed, our hearts change, our, ad- our attitudes change, our strategies are changed towards the things of God. We thank you now for the Apostle Paul. And we thank you if you did it for Paul, you can do it for us. If you did it for Paul, you can do it for our family members. If you did it for Paul, you can do it for our extended family members, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, our nieces and nephews. God, we thank you for transferring of the Holy Ghost in us that we might be that light, that city that sits on the hill in the name of Jesus. So, God, we thank you. We thank you for the lesson tonight. We thank you that the Holy Ghost will rest, rule, reign, and abide in us, God. We thank you now for the Apostle Paul, that because he changed, we know now, other than your word, we know if Paul can change, we can change. That our mindsets are changed tonight. That our hearts are changed tonight. That the people can see the new change in us. That we, like Christ, must be changed because of the living word. You promise us, God, that we are a chosen generation, that we are a, ho- a holy priesthood. We are a holy nation. We thank you now. So God, now, if there's anything in us like you, God, wash it, cleanse it, fill it, do whatever you need to do with God, but change us. We can't look around about other people. God, change us. Teach us how to talk to people. Teach us how to be humble. Teach us how to be kind. Teach us how to be long-suffering. Teach us how every characteristic in the Bible, God, work on us, wash us, cleanse us, hold us, keep us in the palm of your hand. We thank you now, for example, in the word of God. We thank you, God, that we'll be that light, the city on our hill. We thank you, God, for the Ananias experience, that even what people say and think about us, the way they change, but even everybody can change if they choose to do so. And we thank you. We thank you for the breath of life. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for fire of the Holy Ghost in this place. So, God, we speak God, the Spirit of God on us tonight, that our lives are changed now like never before. God, that my life, Glenda's life, will be changed tonight like never before. 
that I am not the same person that I started in this scripture, that my spirit man shall be mounted up like an eagle, that I will be easily hurt, broken, torn down, beaten, feeling forsaken. But I thank you now. I got everybody on the line tonight, God. Everybody that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits are changed. That we know we were saved tonight even more. But we say, God, give us something new and fresh in our spirit. That there's a change going on in the atmosphere. That we are no longer the same. Even though I were, were, we were believers, but God strengthen us, strengthen our relationship, not just, not just the word, but relationship. God teach us how to fall in love with you over again and again and again and again. God teach us, pull us even closer to you and your bosom, God. Just like a baby. When we get a brand new baby and we put him in our arms and we put him on our breast and we want to hold him and, and, and touch them and feel them and let them know secure, God. Put us in the bosom of you, God, that we are tied up and wrapped up in the holiness and the beauty of holiness. And there's a beautiness in us to love you the more. Hold you the more, read you the more, cling to your glory, cling to your majesty, cling to you, God. So one day, one way, somehow, we can see you for ourselves. And we thank you now. Because if you did it for Paul, you certainly can do it for us. And we thank you for your work. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the people on the line. We thank you for the people that will hear this message somewhere, somehow, every country. I minister you now in the name of Jesus. I speak to Russia. I speak I speak it. Oh, God, to Ireland, we speak it. To uh, Vietnam, we speak animal, we speak to China, we speak to Jamaica, we speak to Anamato, to Cuba, Cuba, in the name of Jesus. We thank you now. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. And we praise you. God, heal broken hearts, heal broken spirits, heal in the name of Jesus. God, this world needs a healing, God. And God, you said you are the healing balm of Gilead. God, we need you now. Some might need you for something. Some might need you for others. We speak a healing. In the name of Jesus, that our lives will never be the same again. And we thank you. And God, we adore you. And we magnify you, your holy word. In the name of Jesus. And we praise you.
In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Now, we can take it off you. If anybody would like to say anything, and um, we thank you and we praise you. And we know that God is a soon coming king. We know that God's doing a work in us as well the rest of the world because God loves us completely. Sometimes we might not feel that we're loved, but we're loved. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, Apostle Erica. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank God for the word on tonight. I just want to thank God for the woman of God and her faithfulness and bringing that word. And we thank God that how we were ministered to tonight. We just appreciate the faithfulness and the clarity on the word. So God bless you, woman of God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just the urgency to build that relationship, that that. That, that love, that closeness um, with God. This is um, people are now uh, committing suicide and, and all these things because they don't feel close to anybody or anything. And um, remember, we're that life. So when we go out uh, from now on, wherever, wherever we are, we are that life. We are that city upon a hill. And, though, and God uh, requires that of us, that that what we preach and what we teach, um, that we ought to live for it. And, uh, yes, we're going to suffer. Um, yes, and all of us have said, God, why am I going through this? Or why why are we doing this? Well, you know what? We're picked out to be picked on. <laughs> uh, that's the bottom line. We're picked out to be picked on, and uh, we're going to go through things in our life. But knowing the end, um, we are going to um, – when, because of Jesus Christ Himself, um, the the Living God uh, uh, tonight. Thank you, um, Pastor uh, Pullins. I appreciate you um, for standing with us uh, in the name of Jesus. I appreciate you so much. Amen. Miss um, mm-hmm. Erica, are you on? Amen. Yes. Mister Pop, you want to say anything? Okay. Yes. Can you speak a little louder? Can you hear you? Hear me? Okay. Now I hear you. Okay. All right. I'm talking back and forth because I'm doing multiple things right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now I hear you. Go ahead. Okay. So, no, I just wanted to say that um, that was that was a a floor checkup relationship message. Yeah. Just going to coffee to examine ourselves daily. That's like a confirmation. Sometimes we get tied up in our things, our daily lives. We get tied up in it, even though we know that we are in ministry, but we have, you know, we have a, a, a mandate on our life. Sometimes we do get tangled up with other things, and most of the time, so but. Like you said, it is imperative that we do have uh we have to do self checkup. You know how every now and then is the one you have to do an annual checkup, you know, to the doctor 
Well, we're not doing an annual checkup. It's like we're doing a daily checkup with our, our personal yeah. walk. Um, so that's definitely
suffering because of what we are now confessing. But I know in our suffering you're holding us. And I know you're holding us in our palm and the palm of your hand are like me. So teach us, God. Teach us of your glory. Teach us of your majesty. Teach us of your word. Yeah. Uh, not so much revelatory word, but God, we need your word. We need a word that'll keep us, uh, for the rest of our week. God, we need a word that'll can keep us grounded in the word of God. We, we thank you now that, that we want to be like you are. We thank you to, that teach us to be the mirror image. God, I know it's not always easy, but I'm holding on to your word. I'm holding on to your promises. And we tell you thank you. In the midst of every storm, we tell you thank you. Amen. 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 And we say good night. Thanks. We love everybody. Good night now. Good night. Bye bye. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.